Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. We are in week number eight of our summer series, which says the summer is flying by. But we're, this series we're doing is a flawless God uses flawed people, people like you and me. And we've been investing some time in looking at different individuals in the Bible who, in our personal opinion, when we look at them, we'd say, oh, they have some major flaws. And some others, maybe their flaws aren't predominant as much, but we still, we're blown out of the water that God still does significant things uh, in their lives. And this morning, I think God wants to do something significant in our lives this morning. I, I think he really wants to speak to us. And when God speaks to us, he doesn't speak to us so we'll hear his voice. He speaks to us so we will obey his voice. And so I really do think God has something specific that he wants to teach us this morning. You and me. You know, I'm always floored when I read through the book of Hebrews and I hit Hebrews chapter 11 which is often referred to as the, the hall of faith, the, the heroes of the faith, the, the hall of fame. And as I was reading through chapter 11 again this week, I was once again blown out of the water to think, wow, look at who is in this list, this hall of fame. There are liars and cheaters and adulterers and prostitutes and womanizers and convicts and people who were messed up, and yet God used them in such powerful ways that they're included in this hall of faith. I mean, they're listed among the heroes of faith, and that blows me out of the water. Sometimes I just don't understand why God does what he does, because when I look at some of these individuals, I, I think to myself, those are not the people I want on my team. And yet God sees something uh, very different. And, and I know how it, easy it is for you and I to look at our circumstances and to look at our situation and come to the conclusion that we are beyond God doing something significant in our life. And my friend, that would be a lie. Because God's grace is never beyond the reach of him doing something significant in our life. He's never beyond his, his grace just to go beyond our sin and pull us back. And I know all of us have stories where we have messed up and some of us have messed up royally. And yet there's God's grace going a little bit farther and bringing us back to him. Well, this morning, I actually want to look at um, someone in the Bible who's listed in this list of heroes of the faith. His name is Gideon. And, and if you grew up in the church, uh, you certainly have heard his name probably multiple times, and you're familiar with this story. You know, this leader who fearlessly defeats this massive army with only a few hundred men. I say fearless leader kind of in tongue-in-cheek because by nature Gideon was uh, fearful, but fear and faith collided in his life. And a, bit, a little bit later we're going to look at, at what happened when fear and faith did actually collide. Well, let's read a little bit of Gideon's story. It's found in Judges chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles with you or some kind of electronic device, would you turn there? Judges uh, chapter 6. Is the Bible is a little bit unfamiliar with you. The book of Judges is in the first part of your Bible, in the first part of the Old Testament. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Bang, Judges. It's right there. Judges chapter 6. 
And we're going to discover that Gideon is actually a judge. Uh, He's probably one of the most famous of all the judges of Israel, and there's more written about him than the other judges. Now, I realize when you and I hear this title, judge, we immediately think of someone who determines guilt and innocent innocence in a courtroom, in a court of law. But in this period of history, judges were leaders. They were deliverers. And before Israel ever had a king, there was these tribal leaders, and they were called judges. And God would use these men and women to save Israelites from their enemies and lead them back to him. The book of Judges actually records some of the darkest days in the history of Israel. Now, every time a a judge would die, Israel would go astray again, returning to their uh, sinful practices and sinful habits and and go back to idolatry. And it was this constant cycle of sin, deliverance, sin, deliverance. Uh, Israel would rebel, God would discipline them, Israel would repent and cry out to God, and then God would deliver them. And as a teenager, when I would read through the book of Judges, I'd be like, man, when are these people ever going to learn? And as I got a little bit older and started doing a little more self-examination, I thought, oh, I understand that. I understand when it's like when your, your heart just maybe begins to wander a little bit. And then you realize you find yourself in a certain situation, and then you, you claim that promise, and the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we're kind of restored again into that uh, loving relationship with Christ. Well, let's uh, pick up the story. It's Judges chapter 6, and we'll read the first couple of verses this morning. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So here, here's that cycle again. And for seven years, God gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crop, the Midianites and Amalekites and other eastern people, invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not uh, spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkey. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and the camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. These are like desperate times. Israelite is miserable. Uh, They are as low, as low as they can get. I don't know if you can remember a time when you felt so low, so desperate for help. You know, maybe it was that time when your spouse came to, to you and looked you in the eye and said, I want a divorce. And your whole world crumbled. And you felt like you you fell into a pit that had no bottom to it. Maybe it was that time when one of your kids came to you and said, Mom and Dad, I I know you've taken me to church. I know you try to teach me the Bible, but I just want to let you know, I don't believe any of it. I'm a self-declared atheist because I'm more intellectual than that. And your whole world just crumbles around because you have invested so much maybe in your children's lives and you can't believe they've come to that conclusion and you just feel like you're in this dark season of your life. 
Well, for the Israelites, this particular season, I mean, they are starving to death. There, there's nothing for them. And if something doesn't change soon, well, they, they're not even going to be around. And so what we have here are these, the enemy would come down and, you know, Israel would work hard for their planting and their harvest. In fact, I, I think I have a, a picture of this area. It's called the, the Valley of Jezreel. It's a very uh, fertile area. A rich, the, the, uh, the soil is very rich for growing. Uh, this area is about 150 square miles. And this is the area where the enemy would come down and they would just devour the place. The Valley of Jezreel. For some of us that went to Israel last fall, we were actually in that valley. It's also called the Valley of Megiddo, also called the Valley of Armageddon, which uh, we believe the Bible teaches that there'll be a final battle that will happen right in that particular valley. Uh, this would be kind of like, you know, here in southwest Ontario, we know a little bit about agriculture. You can drive for hours and you just see farms after farms after farms. And you can only imagine if, if our farmers, you know, were to uh, toiling in the soil, planting, watering, weeding, and looking forward to harvest, and all of a sudden the U.S. just came across the border and devoured everything, leaving us with nothing. And that would happen year after year after year. We'd work so hard, but the enemy would come over and just take everything from us. As polite as we are as Canadians, we would eventually rise up with some anger and we'd, we desperately would cry out for help because we know we wouldn't be able to survive. Well, Israel knows they are not going to survive unless somebody, someone steps in to their situation. Well, let's continue to read the story in verse 7. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of uh, Midian, he, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Number one, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and, and I gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites and whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. And so here's Israel crying out, and God sends a prophet. A prophet is one who like it cuts to the chase. I mean, they are a straight shooter, and they tell and this prophet tells them exactly why they are in this mess. Not sure why they're so surprised. But this prophet is sent to proclaim this message. Then in verse 11, there's another guest that arrives on the scene. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came, so we, a prophet came, now the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash, the Abazrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Talk about a surprise party. Talk about a surprise guest. I mean, Gideon was not expecting this person to show up at his uh, front door. You know, sometimes things will happen in our life that we just never anticipated. You know, maybe your doorbell rings and you go to answer the door and you weren't expecting anybody. And all of a sudden, oh, your in-laws have arrived. Or, you know, maybe the doorbell rings and you go to open it and, oh, the grandchildren have come for a visit. You weren't expecting it. And it was great. It was a great surprise. But not always everything that kind of comes as a surprise 
A surprise visitor is always wanted. I think of those families who, you know, the doorbell rings and there's two military soldiers outside and they're there to tell them, you know, maybe their husband, their wife, a child was recently killed in combat. And, and what happens, because uh, we never anticipated it, we're thrown and we get confused and, and we just don't know what's going on. I, I think even in this period that we're living, in this particular season of COVID-19, it's like it has interrupted our, our whole life that we just didn't see coming. 2020 has brought a surprise guest to our area and, and we don't like this guest who has invaded our space. I think we all can agree. We kind of like predictability. We kind of know, we kind of like to know what's going to be happening down the, the road. When, when the uh, angel says mighty warrior, I, I kind of chuckle because we just read in a couple verses above that that he's in hiding from the enemy. He's not trying to pull a group of people together to go battle the enemy. No, he's hiding uh, from the enemy. And yet this angel says, mighty warrior. Well, it's the next verse, actually, that I read and reread and reread and reread. For some reason, it really it, it, it caught my attention like it hadn't before. Verse 13, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Like, okay, if the Lord really is with us, look around. Why is this all happening to us? Where are all his wonders that our father told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of the Midianites. I read that, I reread that. I thought, you know, people could say that today in our culture. In fact, I hear people say that today. Where is God in all that is happening uh, around here? Oh, I know you guys have some stories from days gone by, but where is he now? That same question is often asked in 2020. And then Gideon makes another statement that just kind of reveals how dark, how low he must have felt when he utters these words, God has abandoned us. God has abandoned me. What a dark place for anyone who would believe in Jesus that would come to that conclusion. I still remember the day it was an afternoon phone call. I think it was around 2 o'clock. I picked up the phone. It was a friend of mine who was a pastor. And the words that came out of his mouth were, Donald, God has abandoned me. And when I heard him utter those words, I, I, could, just feel, I could sense the hurt and the pain in that statement as his world began to kind of crumble around him, I could sense how, how dark that place must be to, to think that God would abandon his children. I remember saying to him, that's a lie. That is not true. 
about how easy it is when you just look at our circumstances, you begin to come to that conclusion, oh, God must have abandoned me when we find ourselves in situations that can be painful for sure. And so as I was reading that and, and Gideon says, uh, we've heard the stories of our fathers from days gone by, it just got me thinking about past revivals that uh, history has experienced. And in this story of Gideon, Israel is going to experience a culture shift. There's going to be such a radical change in society, and everybody's going to feel it, and everybody's going to be able to experience this. This is going to be a movement of God that will reshape the nation of Israel. In fact, verse 13 will no longer be the story of Israel where they say, we've heard those stories, but we haven't seen God alive around us. Things are about to change for the nation of Israel. Gideon is about to see God move in such a way that it is going to blow his mind. And this got me thinking, how do we see God move? How do we see him move? Well, just like Gideon, I think we need to allow ourselves to be in situations where God has to move. You look at their situation. They're so desperate. They can't do anything about their situation. They need someone from the outside to come and deliver them. You understand, right? Gideon and his people have no other choice but a movement of God. They simply could not do what they needed that needed to be done. Now, what we in 2020 want and what we like is actually more of a guarded Christianity. We like the walls of security that offer comfort and ease. We don't like to be in situations that are uncomfortable where we can't handle ourselves. I like what Priscilla Schreier says. She says, you know what we do as Christians? We pray and say, Lord, I want to see you do a miracle do something supernatural in my life. But in the next breath, we pray, Lord, keep me out of any situation that would actually require a miracle in my life. Lord, keep me out of any risky situation that I will feel like I'm not gifted enough or talented enough or have enough natural resources to be able to handle the situation. Lord, I don't want to be in any situation that I can't handle myself. That's kind of how we like to live. In 2020. But when God calls us, which we're going to see here for Gideon, when God calls us into risky situations, when we don't have the talent or the resources to handle it, it's because God is setting us up to see his hand at work. And he knows when we begin to see the hand of God at work, something rises up inside of us, a passion to love and to follow him. In Gideon's day, there were lots of people who did not know the Lord. In our day, there's lots of people that do not know the Lord. In our city, there's lots of people who do not know the Lord, have never seen the hand of the Lord at work for themselves. So you know what that means? 
That means you and I have some praying to do. By the way, just on a side note, you can always join us on a Wednesday night to pray, where people gather together and we pray. We, we pray for each other. We pray for our country. We pray for this city, that God would sh- just really shake our city and that we would sense him. You can always join us. We're on Zoom every single uh, Wednesday night. You know, when you read about revivals, it seems that revivals are often birthed out of chaos. And I cannot help but notice uh, that our world is in chaos right now during this COVID-19. And it seems like it's the tipping, like it's pushed people off the edge. Racial tensions at an all-time high in my lifetime. We have economic uncertainty. We don't know if we even have a job tomorrow. We have political hatred for one another. And then there's all this confusion around sexuality. The world seems like it's gone mad. And if there was ever a time in the world where there was chaos, it's in 2020. If there was ever a time that we were desperate to see a spiritual revival, it's now. July of 2020. We are in such a desperate need for our culture shift. And I don't know if it can happen if we do not humble ourselves and pray. I know it's an Old Testament verse, but I believe God honors this verse with his people and applies it to our life today. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Imagine. If God's people would humble themselves and pray, confess their sin, that God would hear and do a work and heal our land, a mighty movement of God. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no way.